Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs and chapter 31 and verse 10. I know you're like, oh my God, she's going to read the Proverbs 31 a lot. Listen, I promise you, I'm an equal opportunity preacher. We're going to talk to the fellas. We're going to talk to the ladies because the word of God is good for all of us. Amen. Amen. So if you would stand for the reading of God's word real quick. I'm going to be reading out of the message Bible, out of the message Bible, just taking the very top of it. Now listen, ladies, I'm going to give you a heads up. There's a really good opportunity for you to shout and cheer in the first few verse, words of this verse. So feel free. I'm a talk back preacher, okay? Can you talk back with me? So let's read this. A good woman is hard to find. Come on. And worth far more than diamonds. Far more than diamonds. Now, normally I take one text, but I want to explain something this morning while you're still standing. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, it tells us, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen. Say clearly seen. Being understood from that which has been made so that people are without excuse. This morning, I would like to speak to you from the thought he's changing my setting. He's changing my setting. He's changing my setting. Let's pray. Awesome, God. You're good. You're here. We love you. Do what only you can do. In the matchless name of Jesus, the church said... Amen. You may be seated. The reason I wanted to read that other verse is because I love preaching messages that I can just track all through the word. But one thing I've noticed is that God is the God of all creation, right? And so Bishop Jake's taught us everything preaches, everything preaches. And so I want to today to look at the process of something in nature and see how God uses nature to even teach us about his nature. Amen. Amen. When I was a little girl back in Kansas, I, I, growing up, I had curly hair, really wild curly hair. And my mama would call me in. She'd say, Christy Dawn, come in here. Let's comb that hair. And I'd come in there dragging in like, <laughs> you know what, Shanna? I, now I wonder why Julia has those same attributes. Anyway, she's coming in there like, and she would rake the comb through my hair. And I'd be like, huh, huh. I'm complaining and I'm whining. I know none of you were that way. You were all princesses, but me, it's another story. And she'd be yanking that thing through my hair and I'd be complaining about it. And she said to me one time, Christy Dawn, you need to learn early that sometimes it just hurts to be beautiful. Sometimes it just hurts to be beautiful. And you need to learn that very early. And now I don't know if any other ladies can understand what I'm talking about, but I don't know if I can get a witness, but I know that we pluck it out. We paint it on. We got a little synthetic and a little acrylic. We got a little bit of nip and a little bit of tech. We, we, it hurts to be beautiful sometimes. We don't always talk about that, but, but it does. I don't know how many hours of our lives have been spent sitting in a chair at a salon so that we would be able to have our natural blonde highlights. <laughs> because there's a process. I know you think I woke up looking this good. I know you did. But it's a lie. <laughs> I know Beyonce 
they said, I woke up like this. Boo, no, you didn't. It took a whole team, okay, a whole team to pull all that together. Somebody say process. It's a process. There was a process. And as I was preparing this message and I was looking at Proverbs 31, and I was reading about the value of a diamond and how we are held in higher value and higher esteem and more costly and more valued than a diamond. See, I'd always heard that text in, in the King James or in the NIV. Most of us have, if you've been in church very long, where it references rubies. Her price is above rubies. So when I read the message and it said a diamond, it got my attention because it was different for me. I said, oh, her value is above diamonds. So naturally, if you know me at all, I wanted to know about this diamond thing. So I started to look into the word diamond and to process diamond. And I felt the Holy Spirit stirring in me and turning in me to find out some more facts about a diamond. One, diamonds are beautiful, right? They're a symbol of wealth. They're a symbol of prominence and opulence. They're a symbol of something gorgeous and expensive. And in this text, he says that your value is far above a diamond. So I started thinking... Knowing, hello, learning from my mama that it hurts to be beautiful. What is the process of a diamond? And knowing that all creation points back to its creator, what was the process? What is the process of a diamond? As I began to preach and find out that diamonds are made of pure carbon. Now, maybe you had a science teacher like me, and it was a misnomer where that said that coal under the right amount of pressure would turn into a diamond. But as I was studying, I found out that's not true. It's not true that you can put coal under all the pressure you want and you're going to still have coal. You're going to have coal. And coal's good for some things, because, but coal has some impurities in the carbon. And diamonds are only made of carbon with no impurities. Something about there being a pureness to the carbon that produces a diamond. So the process of making a diamond is that carbon, the pure carbon, it goes through some stages. And the first stage that it goes through is the depth. Somebody say depth. The depth. There's a depth that happens with the diamond. A diamond is formed deep within the earth's surface, over 100 feet below the, the earth's surface, where, the, where you can see. It's, it's formed over 100 feet below the surface. A diamond is formed in darkness and obscurity, and isolation. That's where, now I'm not talking about a CZ. I'm not talking about Charming Charlies. I'm not talking about those kind of diamonds, and they're fun, and I like to wear them, and they're in my budget. But a real diamond, saints, a real diamond, it's going to go through some things. Obscurity, darkness, and isolation. A hundred miles, miles or feet, what did I say? I got to look, make sure. A hundred feet below the surface of the earth, out of sight. The second thing that happens in the process of a diamond is that a diamond is created in intense heat. Intense heat. Heat of over 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit. That is a relentless heat. That is a nonstop heat. There is no breeze that blows through. You can't get some HVAC up in that piece. It is hot where a diamond is. Over 200, 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit of nonstop heat. The third thing in making a diamond is that it happens in a process in nature. It's that <laughs> a, a diamond goes through crushing pressure. 
crushing pressure. 725,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. Pressure on every side, on every surface. Unbelievable pressure. It's been through intense heat. It's been in the depths of obscurity. It's been through crushing pressure. And the fourth one got me like, Jesus, are you serious right now? The fourth thing that it takes to make a real diamond, a true diamond, is time in that environment. I said, Jesus on the main line. What in the world is happening right here? Time in the environment, in the depth, in the heat, and in the crushing pressure. And when I say time, I'm not talking about like five minutes, y'all. I'm not talking about like five minutes. For real diamonds, scientists tell us that true diamonds take one to three billion years in that environment for them to come forth as diamonds. A diamond has been through something. I wonder if anybody in here has ever been through something. Anybody ever been through something? Anybody? I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's been through something. Come on. I need some talk back today. It's not a one-man show up in here. We're together in this. Okay? Anybody ever been through something? That's what I'm talking about. Have you ever been buried so far beneath the surface of the earth and wondered if anybody even knew you were there? Have you ever thought like, hello? Hello? Does anybody see me? I'm doing this by my, maybe you're home watching. You haven't been out of the house in a while and you're like, hello, I'm still here. I'm still here. Hello, but you're in the darkness and in the obscurity and out of the sight line. And you know, God, you gave me a vision. God, you made me a promise. God, you gave me a dream. And I don't think anybody, I, I mean, do, do you even know I'm here? Has anybody ever been like me and been like, God, do you even remember that I'm here? Under the surface, in the darkness, and the obscurity, all alone. Have you ever been through the heat? Come on, somebody. Have you ever experienced heat? I'm talking about heat that comes up and licks around your feet. I'm talking about a volcanic type of heat, the scorching kind of heat, the blazing inferno kind of heat. In our colloquialisms and in our speech patterns in the U.S., we use heat for all kinds of things. We say, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the... I'm going to try that one more time. If you can't handle the heat, get out of the... She jumped from the frying pan into the... Right, right. You you grew up in the same house I did. How about... The roof, the roof, the roof is, right? My, my roof was on fire. The floor was on fire. Walls were on fire. I don't know about you, but I have found myself in some hot places. We call it the heat of battle, the heat of war, the heat of the moment. Heat. Has anybody been through some heat? When the heat is on, we say that, right? When the heat is on, I want you to know that you can take courage. God reminded me in Isaiah 43 in chapter two, or verse two, he said, when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. See, he set it up for us. He set it up for us. He knew you were gonna be in an obscure place. And he said, I won't leave you. If you make your bed in hell, then I'm gonna be right there with you. He knew you were gonna go through some fire. He said, girl, if you walk through the fire, you're not gonna get burned. But it didn't say you won't walk through the fire. Heat, fire. Whew. Now, impure coal Impure carbon, excuse me, coal, it's combustible 
and it's flammable and it turns into ashes after fire has been on it. But a diamond, a diamond, fire makes a diamond. Heat makes a diamond. You're built for it. You've got it in you to make it through a hot situation, to come out of a fiery place and not be burned up in ashes, but to be shining like a diamond. Have you ever, how about this one? Have you ever felt the pressure? Pressure. Maybe y'all don't know. Maybe y'all have more Jesus juice than I do. But your girl has felt some pressure. Pressure from the top. Pressure from the bottom. Pressure from this side. Pressure from this side. Pressure from a husband. Pressure from a child. Pressure from work. Pressure from the bills. Pressure, pressure, pressure from COVID. Pressure, 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 pressure. Pressure. Has anybody ever felt some pressure? I'm the only one that's ever been squeezed in a hard spot. Have you ever felt some pressure? Pressure, pressure, pressure to perform, pressure to be perfect, pressure to look like Pinterest, pressure, pressure. Y'all laughing, but I'm talking about I couldn't make a cupcake to save my life. These moms walking up in school like, oh, is this a Pinterest? Girl, please. But I'm free from that now. I call, I got a girl. I call her. Hey, girl, can you make me some cupcakes? I'll take them in there like I did it myself. I'll pay you good, though. Pressure. Pressure, have you ever felt pressure? If you're in pressure today right now, I want you to, and I need you to understand that it's part of the process. You're becoming a diamond. Have you ever felt pressure? And have you ever, Jesus help us, have you ever felt like this situation is never going to end? Like it's never, like really, Jesus, like, re, like really, like really, Jesus. Y'all are more holy than me, but that's how I get down. Like, is it, is it ever going to end? The time just keeps dragging on. How much longer is this going to take? I don't know if I can take anymore. Has anybody ever been there? We want a microwave miracle. We want to take a Bible pill, wash it down with some Jesus juice, have no process, have no pain, and become a beautiful, brilliant woman or a great man of God. And maybe, okay, that's okay if you are a knockoff. If you are a bling, a CZ, if you're going to be able to be purchased at the Walmart, but if you are going to come forth like a diamond, something that is so valuable, something that is so costly, it only happens one way. There's no microwave miracles on this one. It, I heard a really awesome preacher. You might have heard from him. Once or twice, our senior pastor, Pastor Feldshaw, he said it costs what it costs, and it never goes on sale. Never. Pressure, time, heat, a long time. But isn't it funny, when I was studying this, I was thinking about, isn't it funny that if we're not careful, when you've been in a situation for a long time and you've been going through something for a while, all of a sudden you realize that you've grown accustomed to it. That's dangerous, y'all. It's a dangerous place to be. You've grown accustomed to your situation. Not that you like it, not that you don't want it to change, but you've grown accustomed to the situation, accustomed to the grief, accustomed to the heartache, accustomed to the bitterness. You've grown accustomed to the rage on the inside, accustomed to the empty place and the empty feeling. You've grown accustomed to the disappointment. And it reminded me of the woman 
(laughs) The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. She'd been dealing with that issue for 12 long years. Did she like her situation? No. Did she want her situation to change? Yeah. But had she grown accustomed to her situation? Yeah. Or how about the man at the pool pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5? The man had been laying there crippled for 30 plus years, years in the same, 30 years, same situation. Did he like his situation? No. Did he want it to change? Yeah. But he had grown accustomed to living every day begging. Every day, that was normal. It's normal for me to be lame. It's normal for me to be looked down on. It's normal for me to beg. It's normal for me to be broke. It's normal for me. It's normal for me to have anger and rage. It's normal. It's normal for me to walk around in bitterness. It's normal. It's normal. I know a woman in Colorado, her husband left her, and this, and this was like, I want to say like 25 years ago, and 25 years has passed, and her children have grown, and now they have children, and she is in the same place that she was 25 years ago. Sitting there, lame in her legs, lame in her heart, holding on to the same bitterness. She has a storage unit with the, with the pieces of furniture that represent a life that died 25 years ago. That she's still paying, paying um, rent on the storage unit. It's gone. But she got used to it. It became normal. Does she like it? No. But she's comfortable there. Have you ever gotten comfortable in a space that you don't like? And that let that become your normal. He's grown accustomed to it. This wasn't what you were made for and you know it. <laughs> you know that there's a hope inside of you. You know there's a dream inside of you. You know that God had spoke a word to you. But it's been so hot. And it's, you've been down so far. And it's been so much pressure for so long. You're like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just learn to live with this. My family has a saying, we say, just grin and bear it. Don't change it, because changing is scary. Grin and bear it. And then, out of nowhere, now we're back to the diamonds. Out of nowhere, 100 miles to 120 miles beneath the earth's surface. You guys, this is so crazy. I mean, God's a trip. The way that diamonds get to the surface, out of nowhere, it starts to be trembling and the ground starts to shake underneath and all this starts happening and the, and the diamonds are, are all shaking up. They've been sitting there for one, two, three billion years and stuff starts to shake and the ground is moving and it starts and all of a sudden a tremendous quake and a volcanic eruption comes up and takes everything in its path. My God, as if all the rest of it wasn't bad enough. Jesus on the main line unexpectedly lava from the core of the earth's surface. Liquid fire bursts up through the core and grabs everything in its path and grabs a hold of those diamonds and shoots them to the earth's surface. Now I'm going to tell you what the researchers call it. They call it a seismic volcanic eruption. They call it a violent volcano, a disruption, a cataclysmic catastrophe. Let me tell you what your girl calls it. Stuff just start blowing up. 
stuff just start blowing up. This, everything has been going along. But have you ever had stuff just start blowing up? Not that the situation was good. Not that you loved how everything was going. Not that your life was going the way you thought it was going to go. But you had grown accustomed. And you had got used to it. And now, stuff starts shaking. And you're like, what is happening? And stuff starts blowing up. Anybody ever have stuff blow up? Like you didn't necessarily like the situation. But now it's blowing up. I can tell you that I've experienced things start blowing up in my life. I've been walking along in my life and maybe it wasn't the best situation. <laughs> and this stuff starts blowing up and I'm like, oh Lord, it just got worse. I know what it is like to be in a marriage for 15 years and it's not the best thing. But then things start blowing up. I know what that's like. I know I have firsthand experience. I know what it is to have mortgage bills. And, and bills and a baby and house payment and all the other things that go into a two, a two income household. And in the flash, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, go from two incomes to none. Stuff start blowing up. Anybody know about when stuff start blowing up? Maybe you lost your job blowing up. Maybe you had a bad diagnosis and stuff start blowing up, blowing up. Have you ever had anything blow up? Maybe you thought you were going to raise your children in a two-parent home and now you're facing single-parent status. Stuff was blowing up. Maybe you swore you'd never go back to that addiction. But stuff got hard and then it started blowing up. Anybody ever have stuff just start blowing up? I don't know if you can feel me here. An affair rocks your relationship. Violence hits your neighborhood. Death shatters your peace. Nightmares become your bedfellows. The bottom falls out of your finances. Your health takes a turn for the worse. Explosions hit your life. With no warning. I mean, no warning. But I want to encourage you not to lose your mind. I've got good news. I want you to know that your situation ha, may have taken you by surprise. My situation surely took me by surprise, but it never took our God by surprise. It never took him by surprise. He already had a plan. He had a plan to get you out of the situation you were in. He had a plan to pull you up and get you out. He will use an eruption to put you in a different position. He will use an explosion and a volcanic eruption to shift your ordinary everyday lowness and shoot you up. He'll use an eruption to put you in a new position. It may have sent shockwaves through your life, through your family, and through your system. But in hindsight, it didn't take God by surprise. And it actually was a setup. Just before the explosion, this is so crazy. Just before the explosion, before the lava starts coming up and encompassing everything, I, this blows, blows my mind. The earth, the earth that God created, because everything preaches y'all. The earth that God created secretes a material called kimberlite. Kimberlite. When I found that, I keep, like, writing a sermon is like pulling a thread on a sweater, right? You just keep, you just keep studying yourself full. You just keep studying and it just keeps going, right? So I found out about this kimberlite. And kimberlite is a, is a material that the earth secretes and it comes up just before the lava. Like the lava's right here, but the kimberlite is just a few steps ahead of the lava. And it comes up, kimberlite comes up and it encompasses around about the diamonds. The only purpose for kimberlite is to protect the diamonds through the explosion. That's the only purpose for kimberlite. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got you covered. 
He's got you covered. Kimberlite is secreted right before the hellish heat of the lava and it encompasses round about the diamonds to encase them and secure them and cover them and protect them through the explosion. Sometimes you get mad at God for the explosion and the disruption. But he's come up. I know a verse, uh, the Bible says, Psalms 139 verse 5, Thou hast beset me behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. He's come in around you, beneath you, beside you like Kimberlite, and covered you. You're covered through the explosion. He's gone before us, and he is with us, and he laid his hand upon us. You're covered before the drama happens. You're covered before the explosion erupts. You're covered before the lava takes over. You're covered. You're covered. Whew. Have you ever sat back and thought, how? Now, we're in church, and we put, on our good, we put on our good clothes. Even me, I wear my good shoes. In church. But if we really knew the story, right? Have you ever th- sat back and thought, how in the world did I make it through that and not lose my ever-loving mind? Like altogether, lose my mind. A lesser woman, a lesser man would not have made it, but somehow you came through the explosion. And look at you now, sitting in the house of God on a Sunday morning, with your hands lifted up, worshiping God today. Look at you. And that is just like God. We can just sit here and stand and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that what they sent to kill me didn't kill me, made me stronger. One thing I realized about myself is I want to focus and get mad and have issues with the explosion. I want to focus on what blew up because the explosion shook things up for me. I don't know about you, but the explosion, it it shook things up for me. But don't get mad at the explosion. The situation, the explosion was just to get you to the surface. It's just the way God got the diamonds out of the middle of the pit of hell and threw them up to the surface. And for some of us, it wasn't pretty. And if you're like me, maybe you didn't want it to go down the way it went down. Hello. But don't hate the explosion because that's what God uses to get you from the depth and the pressure and shoot you to a different position, to a different place. It was in the magma that there was movement. It was in the volcano, volcano that there was velocity. It was in the shaking that you began to shoot up. It was in the eruption and the explosion that you began to elevate. It was in the lava that took you to a higher level. Don't hate the explosion. I just text. Thank you, Mr. Explosion. Just kidding. Edit that from the... I'm just kidding. Because my haters became my elevators. Because the hate that was poured out on me became what elevated me. Because I thought what was going to kill me was really just bringing me to the surface. Because what I thought I couldn't go through and what I thought I would grow accustomed to and the dream was almost dead in my heart on the inside got shook up and shot forth. Hallelujah, don't get mad at the explosion. It had purpose. We, we get a flat tire. We'd be like, the devil is a lot. No, you should have got your tire changed. We blame everything. on. Sometimes God will shake stuff up. Sometimes God will shake things up. Be like, she's too comfortable right there in her lameness. She's too comfortable right there in her, in her issue of blood. I'm going to shake some stuff up. Once the diamond has birthed forth from the depth of the earth, there's still a few things that have to happen in the process. It's gone through an explosion. It survived. Come on. Anyway, there's a couple of things that still have to happen. We use the term when the dust settles. 
And the explosion pushes it up 100 to 120 feet. But it's just below the earth's surface, just right there in the mines where they go down and they mine out the diamonds. You may not be where you want to be, but you're so much closer than you were. So much closer than you were. It may not look like you want it to look, but you're, you're not where you were here. And you may not be where you were, want to be there, but you're, you're so much closer. I want to encourage somebody. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. It's so much better than what it was. And maybe you don't even know that yet, but it's not over. It's not over. My friend Shannon Santos is here today from Power Church in North Texas. And her pastor says, if you're not dead, God's not done. It's not over. It's not over. But it's going to take something else, y'all, because it takes, it takes another person involved in the process of a real diamond. It takes a skilled miner to come and dig it out. See, see to anyone else, they wouldn't be able to recognize a diamond in its rough state. It's not polished and pretty like what we would wear in a ring. It looks normal and average and like rock and rubble. It takes a skilled eye of the miner to descend into the small, narrow shaft of the mine to find the value. And so who in the world would leave the light of the glory and descend into the earth, into the darkness? What would cause someone to leave the radiance and the beauty of their surroundings to descend into the hot, small shaft of the mine in the depth of the earth? What would make anybody do that? Because among the rock and among the rubble and among the refuse, he knew there was a diamond in the rough. I don't, I don't think you heard me. It takes a skilled miner to go from the top surface down into the shaft of a mine, down into the shaft of the mine and search through the darkness and search through the darkness and search through the darkness search, search, search search through the darkness a skilled miner search through the darkness because there's something here of value and I've got to get it out. That, if that's not the picture of a redeemer if that's not a picture of a mighty God, I will descend from glory, go down into darkness and search through the darkness and search through the darkness because there's something here of value and I gotta get them out. I gotta get them out. Woo, search through the darkness. He searched through our addictions. Search through the sin. Woo. Search through our ratchetness and our wretchedness. Because there was something in us of value. For the great value is laying there among the refuse and the rubble. A diamond in the rough. To the untrained eye looks like any other rock. I'm going to tell you something. If you're being treated less than a diamond, you have someone with an untrained eye. Check yourself before you really wreck yourself. If you are being treated less than a diamond, you are with someone with an untrained eye. Because someone with an untrained eye kicks rocks. Someone with an untrained eye walks on top of them like they're nothing. With no understanding of the value beneath their feet. Someone with an untrained eye will say, oh, those are your feelings? That didn't mean nothing. Someone with an untrained eye said, oh, I think this one, I'm going to like this one better. To the left, to the left, whatever. And they just keep going. And they just go, oh, are those your, is that your hopes and dreams? 
Someone with an untrained eye. Only a trained eye can spot a diamond in the rough. Oh my God. A diamond in the rough to an untrained eye looks like a regular rock. Common and useless. But to the trained eye, let me to the trained eye. It may look ugly. It may get walked on. But he knows the value and the beauty that is within the diamond in the rough. And what others call common, he calls costly. And what others have called when they looked you in the face, when they've called you worthless, he calls you worthy. Worthy. He calls you worthy. You, beautiful one. You at home. You sitting in the back. You up in the balcony. Somebody may have looked at you, called you worthless. But the king of glory said, ah, nah, 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 nah. She's worthy. Worthy of me leaving the radiance of the glory and descending into darkness just to get him out. He sees the value of a diamond in the roof. <laughs> because a, a, a trained miner knows that the real value is already present in its rough state. This is something I learned when I was studying. The value lies in the rough, untouched state of the diamond. A polished diamond, the ones that we wear, the, a polished diamond is only valuable because the rough diamond was precious to begin with. Ah. Oh. I, this blew my mind. I thought it had to be polished and perfect and etched just right and set just beautifully. But I found out that a polished diamond is only slightly more valuable than a diamond in its rough state. Because even in your rough state, the value is already in you. It's already in you. Ugh. It's already inside of you. It may not look pretty. You may not be polished. You may not be in the right place at the right time with the right people all around you. But let me tell you something. Don't you mistake this preacher. The value is already inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the value of the diamond in the rough. Then it gets taken to a gemologist, a master craftsman. This is just crazy, this, this whole process. And when this happens, the diamond in the rough, this beautiful, wonderful piece of rock, what happens to it after that, after everything else it's been through, the master gemologist gingerly holds that rock and begins to cut. I wish I could tell you that the process was over, but it isn't. The gemologist takes it and he begins to cut. I was like, are you joking me? Are you joking me like I didn't already have to go through all of this over here? Hello? And you didn't see the eruption? Come on. And you found me. Praise the Lord. Happy day. But there's more to, more, there's more to the process? You're kidding. <laughs> didn't the explosion account for anything? But listen, I want you to understand that the cutting has to happen. Because what's attached to the diamond through all of that, some of it's got to go. Some of it's got to go. There's some things that are attached to us that served us in one season, but they got to go. Now they got to go to go where we need to go, to go where he's called us to go. They got to go. It might have been okay in this setting, but it might have been all right in that stage. But there's some things in our lives, once we've been mined out, some things in our lives that got to go. When God is telling us it's got to go, somebody, somebody watching at home, why don't you type in the chat, it's got to go. I know you're talking to everybody in here. It wouldn't be you. But sometimes it's got to go. It's got to go. You know, things like, well, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. <laughs> Cute coffee mug and t-shirt. It's got to go. 
It's got to go. I love Jesus, but I gossip. Got to go. Oh, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I, I slide into them DMs. Got to go. Because some things that served you and held on in one season cannot go with you into the next. They can't go with you into the next. I know you've grown accustomed to it, and I know that maybe you made it your bedfellow, but some of those things have got to go. So the cutting, the cutting begins to happen. <sighs> I, maybe I'm just preaching to me. Don't despise the cutting because I have learned that a diamond, mm, the more cuts there are on a diamond, the more brilliance there is to the shine. The more brilliance there is, the more, catch this, it reflects the light. The more cuts there are on a diamond, the more brilliance there is, and the more it reflects the light. It doesn't reflect its own light. A diamond has no light. It only reflects the light that shines through it. Don't despise the cutting. All the naysayers that said you were down and dirty, anybody who ever thought that they saw you go through this and they saw you go through that and they saw you go through the eruption and they read what you wrote on Facebook two years ago, those that laughed at you when you were rejected and they were grief-stricken, those are the ones that are going to have to stand back with their jaw hanging open and their eyes wide because he's about to shine through you. He's about to shine his glory through you. God doesn't want to just shine his glory through people that stand on a pulpit with a microphone. He wants to shine through you. But we have to go through cutting so we can reflect his glory. Shine. Don't despise the cutting. Tell the naysayers, stand back and watch me shine. Shine bright like, anyway. Bling, 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 bling. Because I might, I might not have been, because I might, not have looked like this at one season, but he's changing me and he's changing me and he's changing me. And some of it has to go through cutting. You don't know, you know, uh, thank God I don't look like what I've been through. Thank God. Anybody else have that testimony? Thank God you don't look like what you've been through. Thank God I don't look like standing up here in my right mind for the most part, in my right mind, in my right stead. Thank God. God, I don't look like what I've been through. Ah, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You can't tell it like I can tell it what he's done for me. When I think of his goodness, when I think of his goodness, and I don't know like you know what he's done for you. When I look around this room and I think about the way he can reflect his light all across the space. God, I had it written in my notes because I was feeling it when I wrote it. So I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Look what the Lord has done. Christy didn't have a whole lot to do with it. It's a whole lot of Jesus showing up in a short brown haired girl from Kansas with a messy marriage and a hard past. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the, look what the Lord, look what the Lord has done. Woo! Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. He saved me just the same. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. That's my life. That's my life. And if he did it for me, 
You might have lost a little bit of your mind. You might have gave somebody a piece of your mind. But this morning, at least you showed up in the most of your mind. And at least you can do is throw your head back and say, thank you, Jesus. What I came here this morning to tell you that all of it was necessary. Everything you went through was necessary. The darkness was necessary. The heat was necessary. The pressure, the explosion, the aloneness, the cutting. Don't stop the process. Don't stop. Don't give up on God. Don't stop the process. You've come too far. It was necessary. But God's, because God is taking you from the press, from the pressure to the promise through the process. We've been there, right? I'm going to skip ahead because I'm just going to get, because I have it in my heart what I want to say. Well, Matthew 24 and verse 13 says, he that endures to the end, he that endures to the end becomes a diamond. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. There's something to say about endurance. Everybody say endurance. Endurance. Because anybody can quit when it gets hard. Coal burns up and leaves ashes. Pure carbon creates a diamond. I want to tell you something God sent me to say this morning. He's changing your setting. What does that mean? Have you ever heard of an heirloom diamond? Maybe your great-grandmother had a beautiful ring and it got passed down. And, and maybe you got the ring and you, you liked the diamond because the value was in the diamond. But the setting wasn't like modern and what you wanted. So you had the setting changed. Anybody? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It gets passed down. It gets passed down. My step-grandmother, she, she's my step-grandmother. She, her name is Midge. And Midge Sproles. And Midge Sproles had diamonds so heavy on her fingers that they, she walked around like, like that she was dripping, okay? She was dripping in ice. And one time she, was, she and my uh, step-grandfather were at a hotel caught on fire. And she sent her prince, her husband, into the burning building with a fireman to go get the diamonds. You understand diamonds are valuable. Oh, we can put him on a resuscitator, but go get my diamonds. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. She was a good woman. But they went in, they got them because they're so precious. No one goes in to save coal. I ain't never run to go save no plunder. Paparazzi, cubic zirconium. But I see people, they go, they'll pull out a whole search party to go find for a lost diamond. The whole thing. And I want you to know that sometimes they need a reset. Maybe the style's changed. Because the value isn't in what's around you. Hear me. The value isn't in what's around you. The value is not necessarily in what's around you. The value is inside of you. And what's happened, I, I don't care if you're in a hard place. The ref, what's around you is not a reflection of what's in you. I don't care if you went from a penthouse to a poorhouse. What's in you is valuable. I don't care what your setting may look like. He's changing your setting. He's changing your setting. What happens when a diamond gets a new setting? It's coupled with good things, y'all. It's coupled with good things. Some of us have come from bad spots, hard places. Poof. I just, I'm reliving it in my head right now and trying to just keep it all together. Because he took the diamond out of the rubble and the rock of the earth, and he's placing it in a precious metal, in a gold or a platinum he puts you in the midst of something good. You're coupled now no longer with dirt, no longer with rubble, no longer with refuse. Now you're coupled with gold and platinum. And more often than not, diamonds are also grouped together with other diamonds. This is something that we can all learn from. This is something we can all learn from. See, when they set a diamond, 
They don't just pop it on there with some super glue, some gorilla glue. They put it in these prongs, and so the diamond gets set down, and these prongs hold it fast. When I read that, what leapt in my spirit was the grace of God. When you are set in a new setting and it's scary and you don't understand the season and you know it's good but you don't know how, don't worry. His grip of grace will hold you in a setting. It will hold you steady. My God, I just, ah, what I've been through costs too much. Please be careful with me, not because I am weak, but because I am valuable. Because a diamond has been through a process. Anybody ever been through a process? man. More often than not, it's, it's coupled with other diamonds. I think this is amazing because one diamond doesn't lose its value in the presence of another diamond. One diamond doesn't compete with another diamond. When we're, as a matter of fact, when, when the diamonds are coupled together, there brings more value. As a matter of fact, when diamonds are grouped together and the more diamonds that are on a, on a setting, on a ring or a brooch or a necklace or wherever you may have it, the more diamonds that are around, the more valuable and the more costly it is. I would like for you to look around this room. And I would like you to see that you are in a unique setting of diamonds. And when, I, when the cuts in me bounce the light of God's glory, it shines on you. And then the cuts in you shine over on Pastor Seth. Pastor Seth shines all the way to the back of the room. And we just shine the glory of God in a dark place all around the room. This is a unique setting of diamonds. It's unique. Praise the Lord. He's changing your setting. And I'm closing. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? Pastor Steve, I guess this would be a time for me to say, Stephen, come help me. <laughs> I heard a rumor that some of y'all were going to get a t-shirt that said, Stephen, come help me. That's what I heard. Anyway. <laughs> have you ever noticed that when you go in to buy a diamond? Now, I have never had the experience of going in to buy a diamond, okay? But I've seen it in a movie. And so I know this is how they do it, right? I'm kidding. Have you ever noticed that when you go in to buy a diamond, they roll out a black velvet cloth? And there's a dark, dark navy blue or a, or a black velvet cloth that's laid down. And they put those diamonds on that cloth. Have you ever wondered why it was such a dark background that they laid those diamonds on? Because sometimes you have to know the darkness behind a thing to appreciate the beauty that it reflects. Don't be ashamed of where you came from because it's the darkness behind you that helps us appreciate the light of God's goodness in you. It's the darkness behind you that helps you appreciate the setting that God has given you. It is the darkness behind you that helps you radiate and reflect the light that shines the word diamond in the original Greek is Adamus, which is interesting because Adam is in there. Adamus in the original Greek. And it means, this is a word for somebody. It means unbreakable. It means unbreakable. Pastor Christy, I don't feel unbreakable. As a matter of fact, I feel pretty fragile. I've been there. I've been on the floor by myself in my living room in the middle of the night with a toddler in bed, wondering how in the world, how in the world, how in the world I was even going to feed her, where the ravens were going to come from, 
Pastor Christy, I don't feel very unbreakable. I've messed up a whole lot. Girl, I married the same guy two times. Because that takes me a long time to learn the hard way. Pastor Christy, I don't feel so unbreakable. I feel kind of walked on. feel kind of stepped on. feel kind of looked over. I've been there. I've been there. But he knows and he sees the value and the diamond and the rough. Adamus. Unbreakable. No matter where you are in the process, no matter where you are in the season, I want you to know that Christ in you gives you unbreakable strength. On my own, I would have been crushed into powder. I'd be living in my mama's basement in Kansas when nobody know nothing about no Christy Miranda, and I certainly wouldn't get the opportunity to minister God's glorious gospel. But the strength of the Spirit of God and the strength of Christ Jesus is at the center of the diamond. Mm, Unbreakable. His power working in you, his spirit moving through you, even in the darkest places, you are unbreakable. And I believe for some of us, he's changing our setting. Some of you who are down low and you've been going through it for a long time, look out, there may be an eruption coming. Don't get mad at the explosion. Don't get mad at the explosion. He's changing your setting. Those of you who may be just under the just 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 under the dust as the dust settles but still just looking like a regular old rock don't be surprised when the miner comes and pulls you out those of you who are in a rough state right now here comes the cutting here comes the cutting because the reflection of God's glory is going to shine through you in ways that will amaze the world around you Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.